0: Welcome to another edition of Inside the Economy. I'm Larry Howes, thanks for joining me. Wanna talk about a couple of things in this edition. How U.S. economic growth is going, and truly, does anybody care if the Fed lowers rates here sometime in September? And some of the issues that are going on in the Eurozone that might eventually impact the U.S., but, but not yet. Quick look at the numbers of interest on here is a number of things. One, durable goods orders came in at 2.1, mostly aircraft. No, Boeing is not going to drop off the map. Headline inflation, about 1.8. Good, we like that above 1.6, certainly 1.5, especially as GDP is slowing a little bit. It's about 2.1 right now you want to have your gross domestic product increasing over the inflation, which is reducing your gross domestic product, it's a good environment. That's kind of where we are. And all the bonds are down, as we understand, because the Fed started lowering rates and they're teasing the marketplace that they're going to do it again. The S&P 500 probably set 10 records in 2019 for growth, for new highs, for a lot of things. It's still up about 15% on the year, even though it's been down 5% or so in the last month. Here's why. You should be very familiar with this. This is earnings, very good earnings. Granted, it's some from these companies buying their stock and taking it out of the market, so there's fewer shares, so the earnings look better. And the stock that's out there is highly prized and justified by how much money these companies are making. 2020 is very likely not going to be any different. A lot of the estimates are very robust. I don't see that changing. The Congressional Budget Office, which CBO comes up with some good stuff, they have altered some of the things they do when they make forecasts of GDP which is part of what they do for Congress, being the Congressional Budget Office. They've put some new additions and some new calculations in what they call the potential growth of GDP, and they go out 20 years. It's a long way to uh, predict without just drawing a line, but they have gotten a little better. They've added some new components, which I think bring accuracy to it. And they use the Atlanta Fed, which probably is the most accurate watchdog of GDP. And they're putting GDP for the foreseeable future, probably at least through the next presidential term, to 2.1, 1.9, 1.8, a good number, when inflation is probably one and a half, 1.6. I'll touch on the dollar a little bit. Here it is, since about 1995. You hear a lot about how it's very strong out in the global marketplace, makes it hard for domestic companies to sell because your currency is so strong. You've kind of heard the story before. Here's where it is. Yes, it's high, but it's certainly not as high as it has been in the past. It's approaching that. But the situation globally has changed. The dollar doesn't have quite the influence it has in the past especially when we are finishing an inflation cycle, but it is the only currency of any substantive value that has positive interest rates. Everybody else, as we know, run in negative rates, except for China, and that's a different story. The dollar's strong, it's not going to weaken as much as President Trump would like it to weaken and make our transactions around the world easier I don't think they're easier. The dollar is simply valuable. Everybody's buying the dollar. Argentina, they're about to default on a bunch of government bonds. Anybody who can, especially with the goings on in Hong Kong right now, if you had an opportunity to get your capital out, before they slam the door, you'd be buying dollars. Tariffs come up a lot. I want to remind everybody that The recent tariffs in the last two years have just brought the United States up to about number five globally on the total level of tariffs we apply to people. Brazil has been the champion for decades, followed by China's number two, Japan, European Union, and then the United States comes in. That has improved. I guess you can call it improved. Depends on whether you like applying tariffs or not. But the level of these Fees to do business with them, if you prefer, has just gotten past what the EU has been charging most people for years. This is not economic drama. It is in the media, but it doesn't have that much impact in the marketplace. A lot of places, especially those that deal in dollars, are used to these fees and charges. And here's the important marketplace. I don't want to exaggerate this or sound sarcastic, but North America and the Eurozone are really the ballgame. There are three very important trading partners of the United States Canada, number one, Mexico, number two, neighbors, and the Eurozone across the Atlantic. 2017 GDP put the entire Eurozone at about $18 trillion, including the UK. Right now, the United States alone is pushing 20, coming on 21. Canada's about two, Mexico's about two, one and a half, whatever it is. But they're very important trading partners. We trade oil, we trade banking, we trade all kinds of services, software. They do a lot of assembly. Mexico, Canada, Canada buys oil. It just goes on and on and on. These are the important traders in the global economy. And as the Eurozone is slowing, and it is slowing, that's okay. It will help and go side by side to how the U.S. is slowing, given that's what the Federal Reserve wanted two years ago when they started raising rates. On the energy side of things, our largest customer for oil, which we've talked about, the United States is probably the largest producer of oil in the world right now, our number one customer is Canada by a long distance, 73 million barrels a year. Well, they are also capable of exporting oil, but all of their products, mostly in Alberta and the oil sands of Alberta, require oil to be in the mid-upper 80s barrel to make it worthwhile pulling out of the ground. They anticipated having a pipeline by now so they could ship their stuff overseas, but it's tied up in a variety of litigation, so it may not be around in the foreseeable future. Kinder and Company out of Texas. I think it was the last U.S. company to sell their positions out of Canada in the oil business because they really don't see there's much of a future up there. So they're buying oil from us, as does South Korea, India, the Netherlands, the U.K. China's down here about number eight or nine. They used to be about number three. And I think you'll hear that, Gee, China's retaliating for the tariffs by not buying as much oil as they used to. It isn't important if they buy from us or not. They also don't need nearly as much as they've slowed. It's not a political issue, it's a purely economic one. To answer a question, somebody asked me really what the retail bank deposits were throughout Europe. Aren't they very prone to savings like the Japanese? And aren't, isn't there lots of money in these banks? Well, to answer your question, uh, the banks in Europe are still not in great shape. They haven't been since 2008. There's a lot of bad loans they've held on the books for decades. You've heard about this in Greece. Italy is notorious. Spain's got a few. Even Germany, as per Deutsche Bank, have got a lot of bad loans. They never bothered to clear up. They either didn't want to expose the banks to the publicity or they didn't want to invest the capital into it it's the exact opposite of what's gone in the banking business in the United States they are extremely clean extremely well capitalized lots of money they just don't have a lot of people that want to borrow money now if you look at these numbers this is basically the retail deposits throughout Europe Germany France Italy everybody well Germany is notorious for the good savings habits. They have about 2.3, 2.4 trillion euros in retail banks. That's good, that's pretty much the only option they have. And these are at negative rates, yet they're still there. You add them all up, it's a fairly good number. Uh, it's still about half of what's in retail banking in the United States. We have in time deposits in the US about 14 trillion at positive rates. Some of that's overseas, it's not all U.S., but it's still indicative of where the relative value of the money is. They have to keep their money in banks at negative rates because they probably don't have a lot of options. The automobile business is indicative of what's going on in Germany. You'll hear a lot that Germany is probably in recession and isn't it bad? Well, it really isn't. They might be in a recession now, and once they declare that there is a recession out there, I don't think it'll amount to very much. They have lower unemployment than the U.S. does, which is pretty low. They've simply slowed. If you notice, all these manufacturers, daimler BMW, Audi, Volkswagen, far and away their largest area of growth is and has been China. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Not even what they manufacture there, it's very important that they sell their cars there. What's not represented here is how the numbers have changed recently. These have all dropped precipitously because the Chinese are not buying as many European luxury cars. They've switched to buying what's produced in China. And there's a lot of cars produced in China. Most of the manufacturing done by Daimler, BMW, Audi, Volkswagen in China is for domestic consumption only. They don't build cars there and bring them back to Europe. They make engines and transmissions, send them over there, but the car itself is assembled in China. And they're generally not sold anywhere else. You can read into that what you want, but their sales are down. That's slowing Germany. And these four manufacturers are the reason Germany has an industry. It's to feed the auto business. They're going to slow it a little while. It's not going to have a big impact. They'll change. China, however, also has a fairly robust domestic auto business. They build pretty good cars, two real good sedans for Volvo. Geely, the Chinese, an excellent Chinese automobile manufacturer, owns Volvo. And I think it's the C60 and the C90, a couple of very popular sedans, are built in China and imported to the U.S. They have a great reputation for reliability for everything. Actually, the new Buick, the little SUV, I forget what they call it, Inspire or something, you see them around, I think they're rental cars a lot, also have a pretty good reputation built in China. That's not going to change. This whole tariff thing is political adjustment. They're in the business of trying to compete with everybody else, and if they keep their quality up, great, fundamentally as a consumer, you shouldn't care where it's manufactured. Ha, doesn't that bring up an issue? Anyway, watch the cars in Germany, and it'll tell you what's going on in Germany, which will tell you what's going on in the rest of Europe. Here's an issue that's been going on for a couple of years, and if Brexit does in fact happen at the end of October, as scheduled, barring another extension. Here's the issue, it is Northern Ireland and a huge, open, unguarded, unprotected border. Well, it's impossible to know what the Irish are gonna do with this, but as Northern Ireland is already planning on staying with England, as long as they do, this is gonna be a huge deal. I don't believe for a minute they're gonna run barbed wire and walls, but they're going to have to do something to protect their borders, follow passports, all the rest of that stuff. One, as long as Northern Ireland aligns itself with England, that'll be an issue. And two years from now, much bigger issue is going to be the border with Scotland, who's making all the noises they can to say, by the way, we want out because we need the euro. The Republic of Ireland, not Northern Ireland, the Republic of Ireland is gonna stay in the Euro. They wanna trade jobs and money. Scotland needs to trade jobs because there aren't any in England and there certainly aren't any in Scotland, so that's gonna be another big border. We'll learn a lot about international border control once England figures out what they're gonna do with this. Anyway, all right, that's where we are from now. As usual, If you have any questions, send it along to me at info at shwj.com. Happy to answer. And thanks for joining me.